Hey everyone, you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard, and today's episode is called Back to School Blunders, Keeping Our Kids Healthy. And I'm your host, Heather Leonard. Thank you so much for joining me today. Back to school blunders. Ugh, as a mom of two boys, whew, the blunders are many. <laughs> it's real easy to think that you've got it all under control. Let me just start. This has zero to do with today's topic, but a little story just to tell you um, how in-depth my blunders truly are. Um, I had received several emails from my kiddo's school. Now, mind you, my oldest is about to step into a new school this year. So for him, it's a big step up into middle school. Like there's a lot of new changes and things going on. So I really should be super diligent with like opening every email and, but things are busy. (laughs) I mean, we all know what this is like, right? Like life just sometimes some emails can be put off until later and it wasn't really a top priority a week ago. Well, suddenly now as we're approaching the first week of school for me, oh my goodness. Like, so I start looking through, we were ready to attend an open house. It had said that at 6 p.m. they were starting the seventh grade portion um, of some type of like presentation in the auditorium that we needed to be at. So in my mind, that meant, you know, get there 15 minutes early or so, you can walk around, poke about, and then make sure you're in the room for that time. Great. Have a chance for him to go scope out, you know, where his classroom will be for the first day. I can figure out the lunch situation and drop off and all that. So as as I'm getting him ready, like we had just finished dinner, which was an early dinner anyway, because we had to leave for this thing so early. So we're finishing up our dinner and all of a sudden I decide to pull out the email and fully read it, right? Well, two more had come in since that I had apparently overlooked. So I start opening them up and they went on in the follow-up emails to say that it was basically running from 4.30 to 6.30. So now I'm realizing this is a complete open house, like they're giving you your locker combinations. Apparently we didn't realize this. They're giving the kids the opportunity to um, look at all of the different uh, like extracurricular activities and sign up, all the stuff, right? The important stuff for a kid who's just stepping into a new school. And as I'm realizing like, oh my goodness, I've basically shot us in the foot here on this one. We had to go blazing there and, you know, I was like recklessly driving and, you know, <laughs> flying in and then having to quickly try to, you know, orient ourselves. This just, it brought up this whole idea of this podcast today for me because I realized I just placed stress on my kiddo about the whole thing when I actually had it in my control to make it a really easy transition and calm and instead that night he was under a little you know distress when we got there not really visibly actually he kept it nice and cool but I know I know the stress he was under because I saw the little things that like when we went to see the activities and his best friend was in there he wanted to just cruise around with his best friend and look at all the activities but instead they made the announcement the second we walked in the room that we had to move into the auditorium he literally had to do like the fastest pass around and now here we are having to just choose for ourselves you know online like everybody else which is fine I mean, he still has the same access to all the activities, but like he could have had a really good experience. And instead I made it like, 
<laughs> not a great experience for him. Let's put it that way. Uh, he never said anything about it. I mean, clearly I'm raising a really great kiddo because he didn't complain. He didn't act out. He just rolled with it. Um, and then after everything was done, we stayed behind with some friends and messed around with the lockers and stuff. And he was all good. But I, on the other hand, recognized, and I got to think there's some other parents out there that can, um, you know, just hear this and it resonate for them, that sometimes we create our own issues with our kids. And when we're talking like mental health and, I mean, and as we've talked about on this podcast before, mental health very easily translates into you know, our physical health and well-being. There's a very, you know, close relationship between the two, especially when cortisol starts flowing for no reason other than my mom didn't read the email. <laughs> so the real question is, how can we set our kids up for success? You know, I mean, little tweaks to a day can go a long way with our own schedule. We've talked about that on the podcast, but what about our kids, right? So I always was of the mindset my kids needed a lot of sleep. So, you know, if there's, because this is what happens on the weekend, and I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but when there's nowhere to go, no practice, we actually have a perfect morning of like, we don't have anything and we could sleep in and get a little rest. My kids will be up at like 6.15. I don't even understand that. It, it's still not registering for me. But if I had told them we need to get up and go to school, well, it'll be seven o'clock and I'm waking them up. So <laughs> I tended to let them sleep to the last possible minute thinking I'll get them as much sleep as they can get in the morning. But what that ended up leading to is we have to now get ready by fire in the morning. Like it's like, okay, we don't have time to relax, pet the dog talk about our day. It's more like sit down, eat your breakfast, pack your bag, brush your teeth, get your get dressed, do the, you know, it's like boom 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 has to happen so fast. But that's all because I thought I was doing what was right by letting them get that little extra sleep. I have now quickly realized it makes way more sense cut it a half hour short and then you know, give them the time to ease into their day. Because as soon as things are happening fast, especially one of my children, um, they're very different, but um, one of them, it's it's not the right move for him at all. Um, anytime there's like, come on, this has to happen fast, instantaneously he becomes like putting the brakes on, kicked back, feet up, like <laughs> attitude. You know, he's just kind of like moving at his own pace. Whether he's consciously doing it or not, I don't know. I don't feel like he's trying to make us late. But all of the sudden, it's like there he's just in sludge. You know, everything he does is sloth mode, and it infuriates me. And then as I get elevated, it translates into my dog barking usually because he can pick up on like a little anxious, fast-moving stuff, and he starts to bark. So now there's this elevated noise. And as you can picture, like this environment just quickly starts to like, uh, like raise up <laughs> and... um it's not good. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. Like I have had mornings where like we're bickering on the way up to the car and then the whole drive to school is like a lecture to the, my kids about like, you know, having to be motivated or, you know, high energy or getting enough sleep or whatever it is. It's like it has spilled over into my complete frustration with them. 
but I do think I could have helped the situation. And who needs that? Like, I mean, we've talked about how when your feet hit the ground in the morning, that vibrational energy that you have at that very moment kind of sets the stage for your day. So why have it be a panic, you know, and high stress situation first thing in the morning? So I am trying to transition this year into backpacks packed up and ready to go the night before, any snacks, water bottles, all that stuff ready. And then in the morning, maybe even having their clothes already pre-picked the night before, whatever it would be. But so that things are so very simple that literally we can just pace ourselves, walk through the morning, you know, kiss our dog goodbye or take him with us because we have time to like do all that stuff. You know, it's not going to be this huge race and then people forgetting things and and or like, you know, one person holding us up or, oh no, we can't find the jacket that we wanted today or, you know, oh, the shoelace just broke. You know, things like that. We'll have time and a buffer for when things go haywire, <laughs> you know, and then I really just, I think the things that I was stressed out about were translating for my son into things that then were on his mind. And he had not a worry, not a care in the world about school. But um, I kept getting frustrated because we had several meetings, you know, open houses or move up days or, you know, they all had different names, but basically were the same idea of getting everybody ready, introduced to the school, the teachers, the, you know, where everything is. And yet every time I feel like we go over the same stuff, which is a lot of like little details, but sometimes like the bigger picture stuff is sort of like skimmed over and they're the important things like where the bathrooms are, like, are they having snack anymore? Where are they eating their lunch? Do they need a card or am I sending them with cash? Are they getting dropped off at this door or that door? Where do they go after school if they have a younger sibling at the other school? Things like this that haunt my thoughts but didn't even come up. And it's funny because this is kind of how I function. So law of attraction at work here, like I'm completely the person who's all about the little details. And then I forget to like, like I'll throw a party and be like making sure everybody has like a party favor. Their drink of choice is here. And then I'll forget to offer it to them. Or I will forget to give them directions to the house or tell them what time the party starts. Like I'm all about the little details, but sometimes the bigger things just totally escape me. So, you know, I've probably drawn this into myself here. But as I was worrying about all these little things, my son then suddenly was starting to be like, you know, I could hear him talking about the same things I was all flustered about and he wasn't even worried about any of that. But like, I, I started to like correct myself because I quickly realized how bad it could turn in a hurry that it could be real easy to start rubbing off on this calm, cool and collected kid who doesn't have a care in the world and is just excited to see his friends again. And then all of a sudden introduce mom who's worried about this and worried about that and what are you going to bring and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I don't need to mess with his good mojo right now. He's doing great. He's not worried or stressed about it. Like who cares if he's chosen to do a tray lunch on day one and we have no idea whether he brings cash or, uh, you know, has a card that they load up with money or whatever, you know, just send him to school. They'll feed him and then they'll bill me. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out if I don't, already know the answers to all of those questions, it'll get figured out. 
But um, as parents, like I think it's our own history with when we were in school and and if we didn't know these things or when something went wrong and a detail was overlooked or something, I think it comes back. It's like in our subconscious, but then the second that our kids are now going through the same experience of school and all these stressors, we start to worry about the things that, you know, might have happened to us in our childhood or, you know, I don't know, it's silly. Like, I think because I always brought a home lunch and I never had to worry about it, but if I did decide I wanted to grab a bag of chips or whatever up at the tray lunch line, that I had anxiety around it because I didn't know it. I didn't know whether, like, how to go about it. Who do I pay? Where do I pick up my tray? What do I... So the fact that they weren't teaching this to my son gave me anxiety. (laughs) It didn't give him anxiety. And that's great because he's like a figure outer. (laughs) You know what I mean? He'll just like, okay, so nobody gave me the instructions. I'll just walk over here. It looks like there's the plates. I'll grab one, do this. And and if I'm wrong, they'll stop me. That's his attitude in life. He's just like, I'm just going to act as if and do the thing. And then if I'm doing it wrong, somebody's going to fix me. You know, that's just how he goes. And he's so calm and unfazed by everything. I mean, I wish I had been a little more like that, but little things used to just stress me out. I wanted directions. And even to this day, if you don't spell it out in the directions, every little thing that could cross my mind, I'm probably going to raise my hand and ask. (laughs) It probably drives everybody crazy. But I need specifics because don't tell me to like click on you know, whatever, and then not give me, like, it might have two options that have whatever listed, and now I don't know which one to pick, you know, and it's things like that that make me crazy, and especially if it's a characteristic in yourself that you're not super proud of or don't really love or you know it doesn't serve you, all the more there's like pressure to make sure our kids don't struggle with the same thing so we have this feeling of needing to fix it but sometimes in trying to fix it we actually make it a problem for the next generation when they were not even gonna stress about that go there worry about it you know we created that out of our own past you know what I mean and I know there's some protection there where we're trying to buffer our kids from having to go through some of the same tough stuff we might have gone through um, but just remember you don't want to be placing all of this on your kids it's like heavy enough they have their own set of worries that they've already created out of their experiences in their younger grades or whatever has happened in their past and that's where their focus is you don't then need to pile it on with all your worries about their day or their year you know on top of that I'm constantly worrying about whether my kids will remember to bring everything home, bring everything to school. And I mean, even that, they kind of are like, just almost like I I can see in their eyes that they're like, I know mom's going to ask this, so I'm going to have to make sure it's all like (laughs) ready with an answer or whatever. But my youngest one has never, ever, ever forgotten anything. Like he's so responsible that I think the teachers even use him within the classroom to help other kids stay organized. But my oldest one struggled big time with it because, you know, he can't think four steps ahead. He's got right here, right now, but not even just right here, right now, but one step right here, right now. Like give him two steps and all of a sudden one of them will be lost. So I've had to really like treat them differently in the one sense. 
But also, like, I think because my first one required so much more micromanaging, my second one now is, like, a victim to, like, my, you know, over-worrying about the little things. And there's a couple problems here. Like, maybe it's not even that my first one needed more micromanaging. Maybe it's because I micromanaged him so much as an infant, as a toddler, as a young preschooler, that then in his, you know, what do you call it, like elementary years, he then needed that because he hadn't developed the skills to do it on his own without somebody always telling him, reminding him, doing it for him. I mean, oh, the poor first child, you know, we're learning as we go. And then we figure out on that child just what not to do for the next one. <laughs> oh boy, I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot there. But um, so I have backed off on the micromanaging. That has helped immensely. However, once you've created an, a problem, <laughs> you do then need to serve a solution. So we are working this year with my oldest one on now being so independent with this stuff. But it's hard because like I will stand there and just watch and have to be like biting my tongue as I'm wanting to cue him to not forget something. But how far do we let it go, right? Do we let it go to the point where we watch them walk out the door and go up to the car or the bus or whatever and they've left their homework on the island? Or do you actually flag them? You know, I mean, I'm at the point now, this is as far as I've grown as a parent, that I can only go so far as to be watching him close the door and then I stop him and say, did you forget something? <laughs> but isn't that still kind of like, I mean, maybe I should allow him to get the consequence from the teacher of not having that assignment turned in. And maybe that's what will be the trigger to fix this problem for a lifetime. But it's hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to watch your kids fail or, you know, just not do what they should be doing or forget something. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, of course, there's a lesson always for them that they will learn on their own when they forget something treasured and leave it behind and don't have it any longer. But I don't know about you guys. For me, it's hard because one, I probably paid for whatever it is. <laughs> Two, I know how important it is to them and how hurt they're going to be when they don't have it. You know, I mean, on a few occasions, I've picked it up, not said anything to them. And then later, as the stress is like building and where is it? And oh, no, I think I left it, then presented it. But even then, it's like, you know, he didn't really learn the consequence of not having someone there to pick up the pieces. And isn't that kind of the lesson that we're supposed to be teaching our kids is that there's no safety net in life that, yes, we're always here for you. But, you know, if you take an action, there's going to be a consequence and only you can face that consequence. Oh, so we're buffering our kids to the point of their own, you know, hurt, I guess. It's not, it's not good. It's very, very hard. This parenting thing, there's a reason that everyone says it should have come with a manual because there are problems on problems that you can't even foresee until they're there. And then, oh, so hard. Um, you know, I will say that I, I think as parents, we all need to stop and just pat ourselves on the back a bit because we are doing the best we can with the tools we have and what we know from our own upbringing and what we've learned along our way. 
And then we are just doing our very best to try to like protect them and save them and, you know, make it okay and a great experience and allow them to grow, but not too fast. <laughs> There's so much this parenting thing. Oh, and now, I mean, I'm facing this year for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but I mean, you know, the last couple of years have been all firsts for me, but doing it without my husband as a single parent. And I mean, there's levels of single parenthood. <laughs> um, some of us really are on a lone island, you know, I mean, don't have anybody. Um, some people have maybe like, you know, you've divorced, but the person is still around and involved, but just in separate households. Some people um, never had a second parent in the picture from the beginning. Um, and then, you know, the others just have the family we've chosen and friends and, you know, around us, the people in the community that we've brought in to help us. But, um, you know, the timing of it all is getting more and more challenging for me because as your kids get older, their schedules become a little more intense and you're having to like get them to all their after school things and their games are no longer just in the local field. They're two hours away and on weekends and it conflicts with another kids and you know all that stuff it's it's a lot to juggle so I am eternally impressed by every single parent that ever has done this single parent um, walk <laughs> it is not easy it's definitely a tough one and um, if you do have somebody that's doing this with you whether it be a you know a step mom or a you know grandparent or anybody else that stepped up to the plate just be sure to give them a big hug and thank them for all their support so i'm just going to take a real quick break here and when i come back there's more good stuff to come so don't go anywhere all right bye guys my facebook group for connection beyond struggle for a grieving soulmate is picking up like crazy doing so amazing i don't want you guys to miss out on the opportunity if it's something that sounds like it would be a great match for you, then I will leave a link today in the podcast description so that you can get your invitation to join. The group has grown immensely in terms of people engaging, sharing their stories, um, finding the support they need, getting positivity and, um, you know, just support from other people who have walked in similar paths. It's a beautiful growing community and I want you to grab that link if it's something that appeals to you or someone that you love. All right guys, back to the show. So I'll steer clear of any name sharing or anything like that for privacy stuff, but um, I know people whose kids throw up every year on the first day of school. Um, I have parent friends whose kids all of a sudden, are, you know, and these are older kids, all of a sudden start having stomach issues and bathroom issues. I'll put, leave it at that. Um, I know people who every time a new sports season or group starts up, their kid throws up before the game. Um, I'm bringing this up because there's an opportunity to just, you know, self-reflect a little bit on it and make sure that your worries of, um, you know, the fact that maybe last year this happened and, um, you know, they got sick. Is Are they going to be nervous again? Kids are amazing at picking up on parental energy. 
So if they think you're worried about it, or if you are worried about it, or if you're just worried about, you know, the start of the school year again and how crazy your schedule will get or, you know, making sure that you get all their school clothes and where's the list and what items do you need and we got to get a new backpack and water bottle and and you're getting anxious and worried about it, that's going to translate. So be real careful with how you're approaching the start to a new school year. Even just the little comments about like, oh, summer came so, you know, went by so fast. I can't believe it's almost back to school time. That little like, you know, inflection in your voice, I have heard it echoed out of my own kiddos' mouths. You know, that whole, oh, I can't believe summer's over already. And I think they're echoing, you know, my comments. I think they've heard me say it because as a parent, I've been so busy putting off like some of the things I wanted to do with them this summer until the end of summer and now all of a sudden here we are and some of it never got done and you know there's some regret there and frustration and they do get out later every year it seems and go back earlier it's a very short short season I wish that the rest of the year would you know sort of go by that way but but in a sense I wish I could just slow down time I don't know if you guys experience this, but for me, like just in general, if I look back, I feel like first day of kindergarten was yesterday, walking them in, holding their hand, meeting the teacher and, you know, seeing who they might be able to be friends with for the upcoming 13 years or whatever, you know? And now when I look at just, they're as tall as I am and their shoe sizes are getting to be bigger than mine and all this stuff, it's just... It's shocking, and yeah, I wish I could slow down the sands of time for sure, but I have to be super careful with my words and super careful not to be constantly saying it around my kids because I want them to enjoy their youth. I want them to be free and not, you know, worrying about when it's all going to end or, you know, if they're going to have a friend in their class. I think I worry about some of that stuff way more than they do. It is always on my mind, like, oh, I hope they have someone good, or I hope that they get someone in their class that, you know, they really like, and that's like a good supportive friend, and I don't know that, I mean, I guess they probably think about it, but I don't know, Not. I just think that they will pick up on every single emotion that you have around things, so just be real cautious with how you speak, with how you act. I mean, if you're flustered, even if you're trying to put on a pretty face, I think they see right through it. And if you're stressed, they're going to be stressed. So, you know, I'm not saying that in every case, because some kids are just super high stress and their parents are super laid back. And sometimes it's even a consequence of that. Like, you know, they want to be opposite of whatever we are. I don't know. For me, being the younger sibling, I know from I was always super confident, but it was because my brother who was, you know, not that much older than me, like a year and a half, uh, I wanted to always show that I could do what he could do. You know, it was like this proving something to my parents because being an older kid, he always got to do everything first, first day of school, first time that it was like, you know, anything. Like to do something, they would ask him to do it first. Like, oh, I need to run this to the mailbox. Hey, can you bring this over there for me? That kind of stuff. Like they would always pose something to him first because he was the older kid who should be at the stage to start you know, having a chore or doing a thing. And so I always wanted to be like, wait, I can do that. Like, I can do that too. <laughs> you know, the kid in the back row waving his hand around for like, like, I'll do that. I can. Like, I wanted to show it and prove it. And, uh, you know, so that 
that's where that came from for me. So we all have our own dynamics as to what formed us into the person that we are. And some kids just really are super worried and stressed out because maybe they like their small circles of people and they, they're not big on huge social gatherings. It's just that I want you to think about the fact that sometimes there's a little bit of it that's coming from us. So we have a little control and power over how we, you know, we maneuver that and even just like our expectations. Because remember, like when you expect it, that's what comes to pass. So like really being careful of like setting up the stage of like, oh, another year, we're gonna have this issue again. Um, they might just be completely fine. A new kid, they've grown and changed. You know, we as parents need to give them the space to grow and change because it's super easy to be like, well, this is my kid who's always a mess. This is the one who's always on top of it. And trust me, I am guilty of this. So I'm really trying to look through a new lens because if I really stop and look, my kids have changed so much this summer. I don't even recognize either one of them anymore. They're not the same kid. You know, my oldest has been really driven to get very good at basketball. He has had a basketball in his hand all summer. And it's funny because when we got to this move up day at the school, the, um, I think she was probably the athletic director said to me, Oh, well, what sports is he going to play? Of course, he's one of the, you know, super tall kids. He, I'm sure they're thinking like we could use him on some of these teams. And I said, well, this is the first year that he's chosen to play year round basketball. And if looks could kill, <laughs> I was like, you know, kind of holding my breath a little when I said it. But she said, well, that's a bad idea. I'll tell you right now, the colleges don't like that. And went on a big spiel. Now, this is a kid going into the seventh grade. So it's a little premature to think about colleges. I mean, it's never too soon to kind of. And I'm always telling my kids to stay well-rounded and explaining to them about whatever you do next and future employers and colleges or whatever you want to do. They're going to look at all those things. And, um, and I've done a really good job of making them be well-rounded. They have always played a new sport every season. They've tried everything. And at this point, I just feel like by the seventh grade, I can relinquish that a little bit and start to allow him to pick what he's interested in, you know? Because when he's not interested, he's not that good anyway, because he's kind of just not into it. Doesn't run as fast as he can, doesn't really like practice that much. It's just not his thing. Um, but he plays the guitar. He's been on student government. He does like tons of other things. Um, it's just that in the way of sports, he wanted to focus and get really good at one sport. Um, he still does golf in the summer and does skiing in the winter. And, you know, he's an athletic kiddo, um, but they're so young. He still hasn't even grown into his athleticism. And, um, but her, um, worry around that and it came down hard on him. He was like, really start, he was like, but mom, I really don't like any of those things she just suggested. You know, she was saying maybe track because you could work on your speed. And listen, I get it. I know, I mean, as a physical therapist, especially, I know how important certain things like riding a bike there's something called reciprocal motion. It means like your left foot, then your right, that pattern. Um, these things are good for the brain to grow and get more athletic in general. Um, that being said, that um, where she was going with this though, uh, she was saying, you know, he could jump 
higher, work on his verticals and, you know, go faster and all this stuff. I mean, I know that they have always said in football, like they make them take ballet and stuff, like all these things to get a little more agile and, um, you know, more coordinated. That's what it's all about is, you know, what it does for your brain and your body. And those connections are big. Um, I also think though, in the way of like, I feel like you could kill something for someone by forcing their hand into it. You know, he played and loved lacrosse for many years. I also think COVID happened and we took some time off and it's not exactly like riding a bike. I'm sure for some people it might be um, like easy to just pick back up with a sport that you haven't played in a while. But I mean, he's still barely you know, just turned 12. So I don't really think at this point he's been doing anything long enough to make it like a real easy pick back up and not have to like, you know, relearn and remember some things, um, especially in a sport that has as many sort of wonky rules as lacrosse. But <laughs> lacrosse is interesting because it came into the conversation with this athletic director. Uh, it was brought up that the school needed more lacrosse players within the same breath of like her complete and utter disappointment of, oh, really? Cause we could use some more lacrosse players. It was like guilt put on him. Um, a lot of things like we're all mixed in there and her emotion around it was clearly like, she doesn't want to see that sport die out, nor do I, I love the sport. Um, and we would love to go to games and I don't want to see the sport peter out either. However, there's something really important to be gained by getting to know someone before you put your own thoughts and judgments on them. Um, you know, like every kid's got their own story, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that you could assume to think that just having another body, by the way, on a team is necessarily going to be a big help. Certainly sometimes the team won't even be able to play unless you have so many kids. And I get that. And they probably think, well, we can train and teach anybody, but we need bodies. But the unfortunate risk you run there is not knowing someone's personal situation. Our family has been through some stuff, <laughs> you know, I mean, they don't know that. Um, they don't know my son and what he's had going on at home and losing a dad just recently, you know, I mean, it's changed things for him and his interest in certain sports. It has really affected all of us in a big way, but you know, you don't know what the kiddo's issue is around continuing to play in a sport. So even a little comment like that can put a lot of pressure on someone. So, I mean, I guess a little warning in this tale to be careful yourself with the comments that slip out, um, the expectations we place on our kids you know, our, our own hopes and dreams that we're trying to somehow, you know, see through in them. They just, I mean, I know as a kid, I, I'm not sure if I ever exactly voiced this to my family, but I think at some point it came up, but I was doing martial arts for a long time and our family got so into it that one point it was basically seven days a week because we were doing, you know, it was like five, all five days a week we were there for different things, sparring nights versus like some nights I taught karate to the younger, uh, more intermediate groups and, um, you know, and some nights were like weapons nights. I don't even remember. It's been so long, but the weekends we'd be traveling on tournaments. And at one point I was doing so much of it that 
I was missing things like school dances and being able to participate in other school sports and things. But our whole family at one time was into martial arts. So I felt like if I wanted to back off a little and still do it, I was letting them down. And it's you can't know that. You know, they're not going to necessarily voice that to you. They might just be going along with it because I know my mom paid a lot of money for this. and uh, Or I know that, you know, they love going and watching me do it. Or, you know, my grandmother always shows up for this and I like getting to see her. There's so many little things that we don't know uh, as far as how they're and why they're continuing to participate in something. Uh, we have to be careful of that because I, I remember I did probably two years worth of martial arts that was beyond what I probably wanted to do. Um, you know, I mean, our family, it was a big deal because we were like doing the Junior Olympics and I mean, even in college, I remember it was, I was still doing it. I was training for the World Games in Italy when I was trying to get into my physical therapy program, which again, it's like, how busy can one person be? Right? We just, especially in our youth, we just shove so much on top of our kids and expect them to juggle so much. I mean, as an adult, do we do that? Do we actively practice something five days a week and then have games on the weekends on top of our whole day's worth of work and having homework to do and grab a shower and somehow feed ourselves and, you know, and, and, and. It's amazing. I mean, the resiliency of our children despite us all, right? Because we do just give a lot. And, you know, I kind of wish that homework wasn't so much a thing. But unfortunately, I do think that a lot of my learning as a kid did happen at home. Because in the classroom, there's distractions and friends. And, you know, I mean, I used to get bored in class listening to the teacher talk. But like at home, when it was just me and a book and there wasn't all this other stuff, I was able to really focus and learn. But boy, by the time like we've hit college age, we've already just created so many bad habits, right? Of just stacking stuff on stuff on stuff. You know, I mean, I, I remember in college blow drying my hair and having a book on the floor. So while I, my head was upside down, I was still studying even then, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got great grades, but oh my gosh, did my brain ever get a chance to just relax? You know, there's, and so all those study habits, like I try to tell my kids like, hey, listen, I used to study just as much. I know it's hard, it's not fun. And, but if you're just sitting there in the car ride, maybe it's a good time to look at it. So you don't have to, I don't know. And then all of that stuff, is it like really that important? Um, I think just try to know your own kid, but without playing, putting expectations based on, you know, their past performances, but just try to know your own kids' mental state well enough to know how do they really, really rise up? Like, are they best when they know they're going to be tested and because they have that inner, like, desire to be a people pleaser or do well, or do they tend to do better when they have weeks worth of like looking at something until it's like just a you know learned pattern and um and then they don't have to study for something because they're not a good studier you know like they just have to keep doing it day in and day out until it's just like a habit almost you know i mean even just learning the locker combination 
there was some kids in that uh, middle school hallway that were just, they were literally punching the locker after like the third or fourth try and it's not opening. And then there was other kids who would just like find a friend to try to get the help. They'd be running around like, here, can you try this? You know, and that was how they learned. And then there was other kids that just sat there and stared at it and tried again and again and again until they finally got it. You know, and then there was other ones who turned to their parent and were like, am I doing this right? And they needed that reassurance. So I think just knowing their needs, how they function the best, you know, what, because then you know, do you need to eliminate the distractions or do they do better when there's music playing and a TV on and they've got earbuds in and, you know, all those things. Because if you don't really know that, you know, it's hard to like <laughs> give them their best optimal experience to learn. Uh, my oldest does great reading at night before bed. If I stick a book in his hand at 4.30 in the afternoon and say, you need to read a chapter, oh my gosh, it can't happen. He is distracted by everything. But in that bed, he'll spend hours. He'll read a whole book all at once and he loves to read. But it's like you need to know really how they succeed and how they enjoy what they're doing. So if they can learn to enjoy the activity of practicing a sport, doing their homework, um, you know, all those things, getting ready in the morning, they're going to be so much more successful. If it is a high stress, not, you know, they're being forced to do it in a way that just doesn't gel with what works for them, forget it. I mean, you already know what the outcome's going to be. You know, the meltdowns and the overtired, overworked, whatever. <laughs> you know, we definitely can learn to be better parents by being really good observers. And um, I've been watching my kids all summer and honestly, I can't quite put a finger on either one of them because they're changing so fast and so much, which is really beautiful too, but was certainly just another lesson for me, you know, in the pile of things to, you know, <laughs> take note that like my expectations of what's going to come might be so far off because they might just be a whole different kid this year. I hope so. I mean, in a lot of ways, like, you know, you want them to be growing and evolving and um, it's really cool to see. I just, sometimes you think you have to work so hard to get them to that place you want them to be, but really you being the best version of you is the best way you can parent because they're going to observe you and it will, like a sponge. I mean, whether I like to admit it or not, I have very much a lot of my mom and dad's qualities. Not because they taught that to me, because I observed it and it's what I knew growing up. So if you're stressed out and worried and whatever, I mean, you might be placing that on your child in their future. But if you just sit back and admire and watch, they're gonna grow all on their own, even without your hand in it, you know? They're gonna become amazing and they're gonna get better at their sports. They're gonna learn how to study. You know, they will figure out how to get out the door in the morning on time. Some people never do. I mean, but I don't think that would be changed by you interfering and trying to make it happen. I think some of it's personality, you know? <laughs> I've got one kid who just does not like to be late, but it's all because in the morning, he thoroughly enjoys those 10 minutes with his buddies outside before they let everybody into the school because he doesn't often have a kid in his class who's a best friend, but the best friends are outside at recess or outside 
before they get released in or whatever. There's reasons why he does what he does. He's motivated by it. You know, I mean, if in the absence of that, if they weren't allowed to like mix and mingle with other friends and had to get in their classroom line and just stand there, he probably might, wouldn't be as motivated to get out the door as quickly in the morning. Does that mean I need to freak out and try to, you know, talk to him about planning and, you know, being prepared and organized? It doesn't. It means he didn't have any motivation to want to do that task because there was nothing in it for him. <laughs> you know, and that's some of that's just growing stuff. They need to learn and he'll get there eventually, you know. So I am going to try to stay cool, calm, collected mom this year. We shall see. Um, for us, I still have a few more days left of summer vacation before they are back in action. So for that, I'm just going to go enjoy them right now, <laughs> observe them, see what they're up to. And hopefully I didn't kick back too much and I have all the things on the list and I've answered all the emails now <laughs> to give them a good start to their school year. So on that note, guys, thanks so much for joining me today and just enjoy your kids while they're little because it doesn't last long. <laughs> all right. I'll see you on the next episode.